When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Directing traffic from the base of the ruck, it's Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball with the rugby run on SCNZ. Back for Pollard. The test here for Bowden Barrett. Ball pops up for Yard. Pops it away. And the street blocks are in. Kentley Aronsa the try. Hendrickson. Flat to Smith. Good defence on him. Drop kick coming up. Pollard with a drop kick. Over it goes. Bowden Barrett waits back. That is trouble. That is trouble. Exactly that. And you have to protect the receiving player. And yes, he's got his eyes on the ball, but in the end, look at that. Look at that. And he's caught his hip, has Odinsa, but he has caused the collision and endangered Bowden Barrett. Um, What's the number there? That is is reckless, careless. It'll be a clear red card. So it is a red card. Both players are on the deck. Serves it up for Kane. Moonga looking to get away. Can't Clark. Caleb Clark finds a bit of space. He's on his own, though. Can he do it? Go! He can do it. Oh, no. What a chase. I thought he could do it. They will score. They do score. Shannon Frizzell. Christie swings it away for Moonga. Oh, danger there. Then it's been dropped by Frizzell. And try scored. Billy LaRue. Billy LaRue on the spot, toes it ahead with his left foot. And the Springboks finish in style. Andre Pollard to put a full stop on this game, which he does. Springboks too good on the day. And they get the victory and the first win in the rugby championship by 26 points to 10.
it's time, isn't it? Surely it's time now. Um, wow. Got up at three like most of the country did, no doubt, to see what was going to be in the offing for the All Blacks against the Springboks. And I, I hate to say it, I wasn't surprised in the slightest. I talked to Brendan Nell, the South African rugby journalist, uh, this morning as well. He said to me that that is the biggest win for the Springboks against the All Blacks in 92 years and the second biggest ever. And according to uh, Ian Foster, the All Blacks coach, it's probably our best performance of the year. There's enough to show me we're moving in the right direction. As John Day, former colleague here at SENZ, said on his Twitter account, All Blacks coach Ian Foster still can't be honest with himself or the public. That was another poor All Black performance, have to agree. Had plenty of texts through already this one. Ricardo scrum penalties, breakdown turnovers, cost us the game. Rico offers nothing at 13. Jordan wasted on the wing. Box weren't much better. We just handed them the game. World Rugby needs to address time-wasting tactics used by teams. Uh, the NZRFU should stand down along with Foster, uh, board should stand down along with Foster and apologise for the last three years. We have the talents in New Zealand, but the board's decision to twice not make a coaching change and culture change has cost us, and we are now back in the pack and no longer the team to beat. That is from Mike in Adelaide. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate your text. I think it's uh, you, you're bang on the money. You haven't missed much there, mate. Haven't missed much there at all. So keep your text coming through. Double eight double three is the temper bed post text machine. Double eight double three. Keen to hear from you and get your thoughts. I got up at three as I mentioned to watch the game. Um, I would have loved to have slept in and recorded it and watched it later, but didn't have the luxury because I had to get Justin Marshall, who's in South Africa, uh, after the game so we could record his post-match reaction. Of course, he is a part of this show, the rugby run here on SENZ. When we come back, you'll hear from Justin Marshall and get his take on what he had to sit through in South Africa. It's 10 past one here on SENZ, the rugby run. Ricardo Ball with you. Normally, Justin Marshall would be with me because uh, he's a co-host of the show, but he is in South Africa at the moment. Of course, he was part of the Sky Sports coverage alongside Jeff Wilson and Grant Nisbet for this morning's test against the South Africans that ended in a 26-10 defeat for the All Blacks. Uh, Their second biggest loss ever. Uh, to South Africa. Uh, the last time we lost more than, by more than that was we lost 17-0 in 1928. Um, and their biggest loss to South Africa in 94 years. Yeah, and we're now fifth, I read, fifth in the world rankings. Since they've had world rankings, I think it was started in 1993. That is the lowest the All Blacks have ever been ranked. Uh, we've had this one come through from GD. Never said a bad word about Foster but he needs to go now. Also interesting that Savia was actively captaining on the field and not Kane. Yeah, very interesting indeed. Keep them coming through. Double eight, double three, double eight, double three. the temper bedpost text machine. And coming to us uh, from the Republic, uh, Justin Marshall, part of the Sky Sport team that called the test match this morning. Uh, Marshy, boy, it uh, doesn't get any easier, does it? Yeah, good afternoon, Ricardo. Uh, no, it doesn't. You know, uh, massive hype around this test match. Uh, expectation levels, I guess, were there that the All Blacks could bounce back and put it in a performance at least. I think that's probably what uh, everybody was, was hoping would be the case, uh, you know, and, you know, the result would then hopefully take care of itself. But I think quite clearly, 
you know, South Africa were, you know, a much better drilled side, much, much more organised. Uh, unfortunately, that's pretty much what we were saying about Ireland in the series just recently, that, you know, that they were, they know their game plan well, they know what uh, areas they're effective in, and I think probably leading uh, into the South African series, we knew that they would bring line speed, we knew they're good in the air, we knew they'd kick the ball a lot, and we know they're physical. And uh, they know their game well, and I think they showed us how you just play to those strengths that you've got, and, and you go out there and you play with commitment, and... Um, yeah, unfortunately, it's again caused uh, the All Blacks another quite comprehensive loss. Not not a narrow one, not one that they were in, not one that they could have possibly snuck. Uh, th that really, in terms of a contest, was quite conclusive uh, on the Springboks side. Yeah, thirteen plus, uh, and it could have, you know, it should have been more. Really, I mean, Shannon Frizzell did score a, a good mm. try late after that Caleb Clark work, but I mean, that flattered the All Blacks, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um, look, I, I certainly thought that they showed some resilience. Uh, look, I, again, and and I've said this throughout. I don't, I can't fault that there's um, that there's not effort there. There is effort, uh, and you can see that. And they're trying really hard. But you know, you would have to think that they they defended incredibly well in that first half, given that they pretty much had no ball, no territory, uh, and were under the pump. Um, they hung on really well. Uh, which was good to see, but I think they've got fight in them. I don't think anyone argues that, and they certainly care. Uh, and, and they are tr they are out there working really hard together to try and you know f find a way to uh, change their circumstances. But you know, in saying that, you know, they could have very well been further behind on the scoreboard. Very unlike South Africa, they they turned down kicking opportunities that Holiday Potter usually eats for breakfast like that guy can kick and mm. um and went for a bit more so you know a little bit of probably south africa not quite nailing the fact that they were so dominant in the first half combined with the all blacks hanging in there uh so yeah look there, there were there were certainly periods there where the all blacks were in the fight but yeah, I do agree with you. I think probably ultimately that the scoreboard did flatter the All Blacks a little bit. They did score their points off the Springboks being down to fourteen men, uh, and then conceded a, a late one uh, when the Springboks only had fourteen players. Mm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, what do you think had changed? Had anything changed between the third test against the Irish and this first test? Well, there, there were some personnel changes, which we were all very, very well aware of. Um, but, you know, look, unfortunately for me, uh, you know, with all of that intent and all of that endeavour uh, and, and the fight that they showed, the same old problems were surfacing. And, um, you know, I certainly think that when you look at the areas where the All Blacks struggled on the end of year tour last year, uh, and then again in the Irish series, uh, they reared the ugly head again, and it's like, well, how how come it's not being fixed? Uh, the breakdown is the clear and obvious one to me. Um, we comprehensively lost the, the battle in the air, but South Africa are very good in that that zone, so the the All Blacks would have been preparing for that all week, but they still didn't handle it. Um, but probably the other big one is the the discipline. You know, when I talk discipline, I don't just talk discipline where you're on the end of uh, the referee's whistle, but also 
your own ball security, your own uh, decisions and contact. You know the, the the execution when it needs when it needs to happen. You know when there's an overlap or space, the pass finds the man. It doesn't find the ground or or, or is dropped or is knocked on. You know those those all those areas that that have been hurting the All Blacks that you'd think they'd be fixing, they're just simply not fixing Ricardo um, and. You know, like the, the Irish are very good over the ball at the breakdown, um, as as were the French, uh, and and, and um, the All Blacks would have known that South Africa were going to be good, and guys like Malcolm Marks can't be can't be given opportunities to turn them over, uh, but they they didn't they didn't handle them, and uh, they lost that area again. So probably the the big question for me is why why are we not adapting and why are we not learning and why are we continually making the same errors week to week to week how much do you think of the losing the uh, the ball at breakdown is to do with how flat we are on attack it's something that we saw them really bring in last season in the in the rugby championship particularly against the South Africans and it got shown up there that you know we we're effectively walking onto the ball and that doesn't give you momentum it doesn't give you pace and it allows you to be picked off I mean I thought that might have been something we'd see change. Uh, is it just too soon to expect that sort of change after the personnel changes in the coaching box? Oh, to a degree, but um, depth can kill you as well with, with aggressive line speed like that. If you're too deep, um, to try and explain it, let, let's just say um, you know there's a ruck on the halfway mm. um, and Aaron Smith's about to clear the ball. If you create too much depth from where the ball is on the halfway and you go back, say, not 10, 15 metres to create your depth uh, and you get you get the line speed coming at you then and you can't find a way to get at least back to where the where it started, which is the halfway, think about where the forwards have got to go from that ruck. They've got to go 15 metres backwards to a ruck to then try and regenerate forward momentum. So depth can actually harm you um, as well so you know in my mind you know you've always you've aggressive line speed you've always had to go through it uh, to, to, to bend it and we're just not physical enough to go through it you know go through it is go through the middle of the ruck go into the zone you know two three four five meters either side of the ruck um, bring big ball carriers in that that get you um, over the advantage line and, and then create the inability for line speed to happen because the, the, the opposition are on the back foot. Uh, the, the All Blacks must have known that, but we didn't really... To be fair, though, that the two to three line breaks, clean ones that we made were going through, you know, inside balls. You know, there's one where uh, Will Jordan got ankle tapped, uh, you know, an inside ball to Caleb Clark where he went through. Uh, there was another one, I think it was Will Jordan again, went through um, off line out. Um, so, yeah, that, that's where you need to go. But the big issue for me, and really, and I just it really pissed me off, was when they every time that they made those breaks, apart from the, the Caleb Clark one when Frizzell scored, you know, was we then made massive errors when we mm. made huge line breaks. You know, any time we made big, big line breaks and really had them scrambling, you know, Bowden Barrett's run out of the dead ball area. You know, Akira throws the ball away. Um, and, and bang, that momentum's gone, you know. Um, the line break from uh, Will Jordan and then Caleb Plask gets bundles into touch. And, you know, we, we we don't seem to be just 
as rhythmic and, and ruthless as we usually are. Usually when we open teams up like that in the past, we would put them away and we'd be patient in doing it. At, at the moment, we, we just make errors off the back of line breaks. Now, how weird is that for an all-black side? Yeah, it's really weird. It's really weird. It's not just that either. I think you brought it up earlier, but discipline too. And, I, and I'm not picking on him at all, but it was it, like it was encapsulated for me when Shannon Frizzell came on the field. And I thought, oh, yeah, somebody yeah. we've been talking about who could make a difference. And the first thing he did was give away a stupid penalty when we had the South Africans on their own line. Yeah, and that was that was quite um, infectious as well. You know, a lot of players made errors when they didn't need to make them throughout the entire game and errors of either discipline with the carry or, or yeah, penalties when we didn't need them. You know, um, you know, Dane Coles was guilty of a couple, I think, uh, in the game. You know, Scott Barrett late in the game, just getting himself a couple of metres offside when we'd finally grab some territory. Um, you know, it's not... It's hard to pick on individuals because, you know, everybody's working hard, but you have to be better than that. Your mindset has to be that ruthless that you're saying, right, well, we're not going to give you any piggybacks. You're going to earn every single inch that you, that you that you want in terms of territory because we're going to not armchair, armchair you into our half or out of your zone or whatever through our ill-discipline. Um, but they, they are continually guilty of doing that and you're right you know players coming off the bench should be the ones that are full of energy and, and enthusiasm have heaps of chat um, and, and, and making sure that they're on point in terms of not giving away needless penalties because their lungs should be good and their heads should be clear um, conversely you know look at what the Springboks bring off the bench and they, and they have massive momentum that they get. And, and they bring on huge experience, you know. Apart from Dane Coles, their bench is, is green, real green. Uh, so, you know, many of those players that were on the bench wouldn't have even played South Africa in South Africa. Uh, so I guess that's a big part of it, Ricardo. Can we call it a, 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 a learning transition period? Uh, if we were to make excuses or... Do they not wash? It'd be really interesting to hear what lis listeners um, have to say about, you know, whether or not they, they're prepared to cut the All Blacks some slack for, for growth because we are quite a young and experienced side. You know, look at that front row. I think one Springbok um, and, and Indian Kani had more test caps than the entire front row that started that, that test match. So, you know, we, have, we haven't got a great amount of players out there that are are uh, uh, um, deep in terms of test matches and experience and knowing what it's like to go out there and face the box in a hostile environment when they're all fired and pumped up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, what about then? Give us a little bit of hope, Justin. Uh, what did you see that, that you thought was an improvement from maybe that third test against the Irish? I, I mean, one thing that stood out to me was uh, our ability to sort of stifle some of those rolling malls. I, I think that's probably the impact of Jason Ryan pretty early on. Uh, anything else? Uh, yeah, defensively, in general, I thought we were very sound. Uh, we, we did only concede two tries uh, in, in the test. So, you know, when you think about that, you think, right, oh, well, the defence was pretty good given the mountain of possession and territory the Springboks had. So that's that's got to be a positive. Um, didn't we didn't we They didn't really open us up much, did they? When you think about it. Um, mm. They, they were just very well drilled in, in, in areas where they needed to be efficient. You know, the fact that they can get 
30, you know, 30 metres out from our goal line. And then they set themselves to kick. They did that numerous times in the test match because our defence was good enough that they had no momentum. They weren't making line breaks and they were presented mm-hmm. with slow ball, but they're just so good in the air. You know, they win that contest. So I think defence um, was a massive positive. Um, yeah, look, you're right. Yeah, they defended the line out more really well. Um, that, that that was something that has been hurting the All Blacks. You know, the Irish series, it hurt them big time. Um, the French, I think, on the end of year tour last year might have scored it. They definitely scored two, possibly three line out driving malls, if not four. Um, maybe both hookers got two each, but you know, my memory is a bit vague in that. But I do remember us conceding rolling more tries there. So that would be progress. Um, the rest of it, uh, I thought we just looked panicky, you know. Um, so, you know, I, I thought that the, we knew what was going to come in terms of line speed, but there was still a lot of shoveling of the ball, you know, shoveling pressure. Uh, and, and at times when we needed to probably take the, the hard yards, the hard option, it didn't look like the players were prepared to do that, you know. Like, um, Caleb's a big, strong boy, but uh, he got bundled over touch a few times and, you know, there's times when the we were shoveling in the midfield and shoveling on pressure, and instead of just going, you know what, yeah, you're there, you're in my face, but I'm just going to drop my shoulder into you, and I'm going to drive my legs like Adi Savier does, and and I'm going to take the tackle, and we'll, we'll recycle, and we'll, we'll break you down next phase or next phase. Mm. Not quite sure that's there. So, I know you asked me a positive question, Ricardo. <laughs> I don't know if I've ended up in a positive <laughs> note, but um, you know, I think. There's not a lot there that makes you really real. We'll put it this way, man. If I said to you, righto, you know, take some positives out of that, and we can, you know, can we quite clearly win at Alice Park next week? You know, yeah. Um, we, 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 what I'm saying is, well, I don't mean to be cryptic, cryptic here, but what I'm saying is, we need we need to make a massive leap from where we are to win that test match because there's just despite the odd positive out there, there's too many things that are a problem. Mm, yeah, I, I, I have to agree with you, mate. And I mean, Ethan DeGroote, I thought, put in a good shift when he came on. Um, is it just shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic if we make any changes to this starting 15 for the next test? Is it it, it needs to be a, a change in in thought and plan and in, in, uh, execution rather than a change in uh, personnel? Well, that's our problem. I, in a nutshell, it's our problem because we we are. I would love for somebody to sit down from the middle of last year and and work through how many different players have started for the All Blacks up until this evening, because you know the good teams in the world at the moment, um, like South Africa, like Ireland, like France, are consistently putting out the same players, barring injury and possibly the odd bit of form, they are sh- putting the same blokes out there week to week to week. So they are accumulating massive rhythm and confidence and faith in the people around them. We are, are such an unsettled side at the moment. And, and everybody's going, yeah, well, such and such should be playing and you know, he should be here. And, you know, well, I'm not quite sure of who should be in the midfield and, you know, who should be that back three makeup and, you know, does Sever Reese come back into the mix? And, you know, like, oh, what are we going to do at centre? Um, right, shit, how's the bloody back row going to balance out this week? Um, was the front row a success? Do we shift that around? Which is a question you just asked me. Like, you know, good all-black teams of the past, World Cup winning all-black teams, 
you didn't actually wait for the announcement of the team, did you? Let's be no. honest. You just like everybody could pick the team come Thursday because bar an injury, the team was bang out there. You knew every single player that was going to be selected. Um, you might get the odd bolter that came out of the blue who was given an opportunity, but in general, we were super consistent. So I think that's what Ian Foster did this week, mate. I think he 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 had two options. One one was when he selected his side to go right. Oh, what was deemed to be what I thought working didn't work in the Irish series. So I now am going to go this way around. You know, Will Jordan is no longer longer a winger. He's a fullback. Rico Iwani is not a centre. He's a winger. You know, Scott Barrett. We have now decided actually is the best blind side in the country, and we're going to put him there week to week to week, and he's going to get better. But he didn't. He 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 went right. Oh, that that team, that, that those play players in those positions against Ireland, we didn't get it right. But I believe in them, and so I'm going to throw them out there again. Yeah, he he made a couple of changes, but only three, and one of them was injury enforced because Laulala wasn't there. Um, so Tokiaho and um, uh, help me out here, um, Taobel came yeah. into the mix for for Laulala, uh, and. You know, they obviously um, bank, banked on the fact that the, the rest of them were going to go out there and do the job that they didn't do against Ireland, and it didn't happen, did it? No, so it didn't. In a long-winded way, I'm like, well, Jesus, do, do, like, like do, are we are we going to go right? Oh, we we, tra- we change this entire um, lineup again, and look, do, do you, I'm fascinated for people to hear what people uh, are going to say to you. Um, this afternoon because we're recording this um, after the game so it's about nine o'clock at night here in South Africa but you know this will be on you know when people have a chance to digest it and possibly walk it this, well, watch it this morning are, are they going to go we need to throw them out there again or are they going to go righto we now need to just throw some players out there that the Springboks won't have seen a lot of that are going to completely change the way that we play change the picture and go see if you can cope with this yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do do. Uh, just on that, actually, Justin, I don't know if you had any word. Uh, you were obviously at the ground, but Bowden Barrett, I mean, that was a nasty spill uh, towards the end, landed oh. on the back of his head. Um, we know he's had head knock injuries. Do you know how Bowden is and what chance he'll be playing next week? No, we, we, we do know that uh, he hasn't suffered a um, serious neck injury, which, which is a really good thing. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that's, that's a positive. Um, whether there was a concussion component involved, I'm not sure. Um, so, look, they'll be looking into that now. Um, it's, it's probably quite clearly we were talking about it in the car when we are driving driving back here to the hotel. I think it's the worst I've seen. Hey, there might be some out there on games that I haven't, haven't seen a, a collision end up like that, but he basically landed on his head. Mm. Uh, and... Um, that that could have gone very, very, very wrong. Uh, so unfortunately for uh, Kurt Lawrence, um, you know, he, how good was that bloke? Like honestly, well, it's a bit he, of a pity, really, isn't wrong. it? Because he, he scored that great try, that but he's going to be remembered for this. Yeah, but he was, you know, for, in terms of an impact on the game. If I think they named Malcolm Marks the man of the match, but mm. you know, he he would he would have been an equal, you know, right right behind him as the next cab off the rank as player of the match. But he made that one catastrophic error. Now, look, let's be fair. He didn't do it on purpose because he knocked himself out as well. Yeah. 
he just got all components of what he's supposed to do wrong. He, he you know, he didn't protect the player in the air. He took his eye off the ball and he he braced himself for impact. And the impact, you know, was Bowden Barrett's hip or whatever it was on his head, which knocked him out. Um, and he was still unconscious when they stretched him off the field. Um, but unfortunately for him, it's his responsibility to get that right as the chasing player to look after that guy in the air. And Bowden Barrett pretty much landed nearly on the point of his head. And, you know, you're entering into what we all don't want to see in the game um, when that happens. And that's why that law is there, to protect that guy who's left left his feet and is then incredibly vulnerable to a player making contact with him, um, you know, that he doesn't break his neck. And, uh, you know, it, it, it is one of the worst I've seen. So I would suggest that Kirtley Orenser for all of the talent that he is, and he'll bounce back. Um, because a player like that is we need in the game, but he he will suffer maximum suspension for that, I believe. So, what do you think in ten, uh, six, twelve weeks? Um, oh, it'll be it'll be ten to twelve. Yeah, yeah, I would say. Um, mm. You know, there's no there's no mitigation, and there's also no uh, you know goodwill in any of that. You know, like that is at the extreme of danger. That is that really is so. Uh, look, I I'm not sure where Bowden is sitting. We haven't heard, um, but. You know, he, he did stay on the field and they only dragged him off after, you know, another three or four minutes. And that, that could very well have been not because he was suffering um, any problems with his neck or anything, but they felt that maybe he wasn't quite with it and needed to give him an HIA, which at that stage of the game with only, I think it was four minutes to go, um, they didn't report back whether he passed that or not. So I'm a bit in the dark. Sorry, mate. No, no, that's all right, mate. That's all right. Thanks for uh, taking the time and coming on, mate. I really appreciate it. I'll let you get going. Uh, there's probably a castle lager somewhere with your name on it, mate. Go well. And uh, no, the... Ricardo. Yes. Ricardo, have you ever been to South Africa? No. Mate? Castle Lager is the worst beer in the history of beers. Well, it's, it's the few, only... there's a few bad ones out there, but. It's the only South African beer yeah. I know. Just because I see it plastered all over no, the no, rugby, most people do. But if, if anyone ever comes here, like there's there's actually a spot. Uh, so in in uh, the old Newlands uh, Stadium down in Cape Town, as you go to the ground at Newlands, you go past the Castle Lager Brewery, and if you've had a few a few Castle Lagers during the week, you know, um, building up to a test match or whatever, and that smell coming out of that um, out of that <laughs> out of that brewery. Is enough to put you off anything. Um, so, no, no, uh, Vinduk seems to be a good beer over here, uh, which is a South African one, but I'll give you the tip, mate. It's not a castle lager uh, that I'll be having. It'll be a, a Vinduk or, or a European beer, mate. But uh, I will be having a couple of sober and cold ones. I, I, mate, look, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a former All Black, uh, and um, th- this is really hurting for all All Blacks at the moment, the way that this is transpiring for this current team. I really feel for them. I do, honestly. It stings that that our history has been um, massively hurt by performances. But I also understand what it's like when you get yourself, you know, into a hole like this. How hard it is. The pressure. You know, the expectation from New Zealand. You know, these players are try- trying hard. But um, you know, I certainly, uh, you know, do need a cold beer because you know this is um, a really difficult time in, in New Zealand and All Black rugby and. Uh, you know, we all need to take check and uh, make sure that, uh, you know, we, 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 we try and support the, this team and these players as much as we can because, uh, you know, they they deserve that. Um, and um, hopefully we can turn it around. Uh, I did say leading into this trip, mate, that um, 
there's no better no better way to to put the ship right than coming to South Africa and winning back to back tests. Well, that's not going to happen now. But I tell you what, if there's a place to win that gives you the most satisfaction as an All Black to walk out of Ellis Park having beaten the Springboks there is one of the greatest feelings you'll ever feel as an All Black. So bring that on, and let's hope that this team can do that. Yeah, mate, indeed. Let's hope that's what we're talking about next week, mate. Go well, eh? Thanks again for uh, giving us some time post-match. It's 20 away from two here on the Rugby Run with Ricardo Ball. Marshy, of course, in South Africa. We just heard from him, and the texts are being flooding in on double eight, double three. Uh, get yours in now as well. This one from Anthony. Hi, Ricardo. The ABs just don't run onto it from one or two off the ruck. I would rather they pre-run onto it close in. We're not aggressive enough. It hurts. We seem to be going backwards. Great show. Cheers, Anthony. Thanks for your text, Anthony. Keep those coming through. Graham has uh, called from Christchurch. Uh, Graham, have you have, have you been round to Razor's house offering to drive him to the airport yet? <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to sort out um, not have to sort out who's going to take his place at the Crusaders. It might be oh, you, man. mate. Might be you. <laughs> oh, no. oh, I've got enough to say about the team, but it's always positive. Well, generally positive about the Crusaders. But uh, just on a more po- another positive note, I was pleased with the Canterbury display on um, fr- Friday night against Manawatu. Thought Cullen Grace played well and Fergus Burke and that. So that was, um, yeah. Even though Manawatu, you know, they've pushed Canterbury a few times last year here in Christchurch. So I was pleased with. Uh, that game up in Palmy, yeah, looking forward to the rest of the MPC. But on to the All Blacks, yeah, I mean, you know, I could hear Justin's voice, you know, from Africa. Um, you know, he's been there and, and, and you know, played in 96 in the <laughs> triumphant series win, you know, which was one of the great moments in All Black history. And, you know, um, yeah, it does, they do remind me, it's like watching the 98 side, which he which he was part of, but he was one of the better ones, of course. But, you know, you, you know that... Um, you know they look they look a bit and you know they're intense there, but um, you know they've, they've chopped and changed coaches and you know some most of the problems are still there were there three weeks ago against the Irish. You know I mean Jason Ryan has made a difference like you said to to Justin you know because um, you know the line out drives and that were, yeah. you know you could tell that they're a bit solider in that area, but um, yeah no I. <laughs> You know, it'd be, I wouldn't say it'd be a miracle, but it'd be something close to a miracle if they can turn it around and get a win over there. I mean, I think Foster's, you know, he really is looking down the barrel, and that's just a fact. I mean, I wouldn't have had him there to start with, and it's a tough situation for for an all-black coach, but, you know, that's that's what they've got, got where it, that's where it's got, you know. Yeah, you're right, mate. That is exactly where it's got. And if Paul Cully's to be believed, I don't know if you saw his article in the Herald, this week, apparently the powers that be have told Foster if he comes back from South Africa without a win, he needs to resign. Yeah, yeah, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's been a lot. I think that, you know, that would be pretty much... They, these guys don't say something as definitive, definitive as that if um, they don't know it. You know, I think there's been a lot of... I think there's probably been a few calls to Razor and to Leo McDonald and you know, Jason Ryan there. Um, I think selection and... <laughs> Yeah, the selection area has been a bit of a mess, as as Justin said. You know, you look at the, um, you know, I, I think at times they've stuck with players that they shouldn't have, and other times others haven't been given a chance. I mean, my old, uh, you know, you know, I've been on about it all season. You know, Richie Wanger, I think, should have started the third test against or second test against the or third, even particularly after this, you know, the first loss against Ireland. But you know, he's 
coming on to the team now when they're getting beaten and he's a starting first five. Barrett's always played his best rugby. Bowden Barrett is a is an impact player, but they've they've gone the other way with that. And um the midfield's been affected by injury. There's Jack Goodhue of course and Leonard Brown who's been out most of the season. But um yeah, and Will Jordan's played his best rugby fullback. That that should it's not an experimentation. I think when you lose a test, a couple of tests, you should make you know, six or seven changes. I don't think, you know, to make two or three and one of them's injury enforced, you know, you've got to wield the axe and then give someone a chance. But, you know, um, there's a lot of tolerance for certain players, and, you know, and others aren't getting a go. You know, he's in the group. Bit of fresh blood there in the front row. I think he did well. You know, he's only young. So, um, interesting to see if Cullen Grace, when they get back, whoever the coach is, gets a go. Um, I wouldn't like to leave him from Canterbury, but he's another one, you know, and there's a couple of other players floating around the NPC that, yeah, but, you know, next week, they, you know, they're, they're, they're a bit down on options, but I think you'll have to make some more changes, but, you know, I, I just don't, I just don't know where it's going, because you've got Jason Ryan with him, and um, he's a great coach, and <laughs> Foster's... <laughs> You know, it's almost a lame duck situation, mm. you know, and you, the, the team probably are looking for a lot of self-motivation from guys like Sam Whitelock and Artie Sevilla, you know, who, you know, I think those two put put in a great shift again, you know. Um, you know, they, they're doing great, but, you know... Well, you talk, <laughs> they, about, they, you talk about the selections. I mean, we, we've talked about this before, but in that Irish series, they selected two number eights and played neither of them as a number eight. I mean, Hoskins didn't see any time, and the only yeah, time yeah, we saw Peter Gus was at six, uh, which makes no sense to me. And Ridiculous. you know, you know, if you bring Cullen Grayson, then you're probably going to have to move Artie to seven because you need Artie in the team. Well, um, I mean, he should be at seven. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's the, I mean, the captaincy. I haven't mentioned that. That it was interesting yeah, that, though. That, towards the end of the game, it looked like Artie was the Artie. the one was talking to the referee, not Sam. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean. You know, look, I've got nothing against them, but I, I personally don't think he should ever be the captain. Um, Sam Kane, you know, I just think that... Yeah, I just think that's... That you'd either, you know, that came from Hanson and then Foster have carried it on, and now I've got, once again, they're in a situation where, you know, they're, they're going to put through the ringer now, but, yeah, I mean, Artie, that's his best position. That's yeah. where I think he should, they should go back to that, because, as you say, they're playing other people, including Artie, out of position, like Peter Gus and... Um, Hoskins didn't get a go at all, um, etc. Against Ireland, you know, and then yeah, you need to play. You know, obviously one player, you know, Ethan Blackadder's out for the whole year. He would have been good in a game like this, but you know he brings physicality. But he's not going to be back till next year. But yeah, I think yeah, Kane is down the list of the loose forward options, and he's a captain. And then yeah, um, painted himself in a corner, Foster, with that decision. I think you know because he was again oh, yeah, made Kane undroppable. It was one telegraphed, like the, the decision yeah. to put Foster there to start with. I mean, this is <laughs> it's a it's a it's a train wreck to start. So you know the station's a long way back from where the train left, where where all this started, and and it's got to quite a critical degree, really. It has <laughs> for all black rugby. Yeah. yeah but, all right, um, Graham. Thanks very much anyway. for your call, bud. I appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. I hope, okay. I hope you feel better, mate. I'll, I'll I'll get my receptions to send you a bill now that you've spent a quarter of an hour on the couch getting all that off your chest. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll find out what Razor's doing tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, all right, good stuff, <laughs> okay, mate. mate. Cheers, yeah, Graham. Good man, cheers. Um, 0800 811 is the number. Dean from Dunedin is on the line as well. G'day, Dean, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, it's 
everyone will say the same thing, Ricardo. Like, we all knew what South Africa was going to bring, and we just couldn't cope with it. Now, at the end of the day, that the buck stops there with the coaches. They they select the players they believe are the best to wear the black jersey. And the sad part is when you get people ringing the radio show like myself, the teams never play anybody, but we're not stupid. And there are players that would make a significant difference to that team. Now, last year on the tour of Europe, when it wasn't going quite so good, they sent the old SOS out to Aaron Smith. Now, for me, like it's very hard when you're going backwards to get some go forward. But And we didn't have very much ball, so you don't want them kicking it. But for me, Weber should be there anyway. Like It's not a case of get him there now. He should have been there from the start. Mm. And he offers a point of difference round the ruck when you've got... They're just smashing it. So someone has to snipe and run or put a wee grubber kick just behind him. So that rush defence has got to then turn around. Or even if it doesn't come off, they've got to think. And against the All Blacks, that time they actually have to think, that's huge to getting their big ball runners into gaps as well. But there just seems to be, for me looking at it, I've watched it twice now, there's nothing there. You went like, back and watched it again? Run. You're a sucker for punishment, mate. I'd have to be getting paid to watch that again. Yeah, but the publican wouldn't get up at three in the morning, so I had to buy, buy the thing on my phone and try to watch it on there. The, the commentary when you plug it into your speaker thing was great, but I couldn't really see it that well. You know, you had to look at a bloody iPhone screen. So I wanted to actually, before I rang up, I wanted to actually sit back and, and look at it. And, like, we had some... Uh, I don't know who we decide is going to be the person to try and move Malcolm Marks, but he see his face can't see that on the phone, but his face is battered and bruised like he's done about six rounds of a decent boxer. That's because he's going to the dark places that we all talk about. Now, I watched Sam, and he didn't move anybody. And the other thing that really concerns me is we're passive in defense. And what I mean by that is we sort of tackle like we're catching a cricket ball so it doesn't hurt us. We fall back with them. When they hit De Groot when he came on, his legs went in the air twice, and he's a big unit. Like They, they were smashing us. Now, until we smash back, we're flogging a dead horse. Yeah, you're not wrong, mate. You're not wrong, Dean. Hey, listen, thanks for your call, mate. Really appreciate it. Uh, keep listening. Coming up, we do have Steve Devine. Uh, he's going to join us after 2 o'clock. So is Jeff Parks, an Australian rugby author as well, uh, rugby writer. We'll get his take on the Wallabies and their big win over the Pumas this morning. That was later this morning, and his reaction on what he's seeing from the All Blacks as well. He is a Kiwi. He's been living in Melbourne for a while. Jeff, he's a real student of the game. That is coming your way after two. It's five away from two here on the Rugby Run with Ricardo Ball coming up. Steve Devine and Jeff Parks in the next hour. Uh, keep your texts coming through on double eight double three. And uh, Janet has just sent this one through. We're missing Anton Leonard-Brown and Goodhue from our midfield and Damien McKenzie. I say bring back Nani Laumapi. Uh, yeah, thanks, Janet. Thanks for your text. I wouldn't get Damien on kicking duties, though. Missed three yesterday in that draw with Hawks Bay. Three opportunities to get the win for the Waikato team. And... Couldn't quite do it. Keep the texts coming through, though. Really appreciate them. Hey, if Foster resigns going forward, I don't think raises the miracle coach. Team of no innovation. They don't have drive or X factor this morning. We were sloppy, kicked the ball away too much. They look like they had no ideas to get through South Africa. It's a shame. Kane, to me, doesn't get the team up. He doesn't know what to say after the game. Thanks again, Janet, for your texts. Keep them coming through. Double eight, double three on the rugby run here on SCNZ. 
It's just gone two o'clock here on the Rugby Run on SENZ. Ricardo Ball with you through till three o'clock. Uh, no Marshall, of course. Uh, Marshy was with us uh, earlier this morning for a pre-record that we played in the last hour. He's up over there as part of the Sky team in South Africa. Lots of texts coming through on the All Black performance this morning, including this one. Firstly, I believe we have the players to be in the hunt at the Rugby World Cup. However, selection, both non-selection of some, Cullen Grace at the top of the list at eight, and selection of others out of position is a major problem. The second issue is a lack of clear game plan. These two points, plus Foster's inability to settle on combinations, are damning. He has to be replaced by a fresh voice before players confidence is damaged further. Uh, thanks very much for your text. Keep those coming through. Joining us on the phone now out of Melbourne is a man who's written a book called uh, World in Conflict, The Global Battle for Rugby Supremacy. Uh, that came out in 2017 and boy Jeff, how the landscape has changed in those five years. Jeff Parks joins us. How are you Jeff? Uh, no, I'm great. Thanks Ricardo and uh, great to be on and uh, yeah, it seems like a lifetime ago now uh, when we look at uh, you know what's happening with the um, the balance of power uh, on and off the field, but but certainly on the field with uh, the All Blacks clearly uh, slipping down a few notches. Yeah, I mean you're a you're a Kiwi in exile in Melbourne. You've been over there for a couple, a couple of years, shall we say, Jeff? Uh, what did what did you <laughs> what did you make of that uh, of the All Blacks under Ian Foster this season? Uh, well, yeah, I mean I, I'm sure uh, you've got plenty of people piling into Ian, and he doesn't need another one uh, uh, joining that, but. Um, yeah, look, it's disappointing. Uh, clearly, there were uh, some improvements, which I think uh, is what he was trying to point to after the match. Uh, you know, it was a uh, solid defensive effort, uh, you know, and the, the general overall effort was there. But, uh, you know, we lack um, parity in the uh, in the front five and uh, inability to deal with a high ball. Uh, you know, I lost count of the uh, the number of contestable kicks that the uh, the box managed to get back. And if you can't deal with that in South Africa, then you're always going to be behind the eight ball. Uh, and then that obviously feeds into the whole narrative about, uh, you know, coming to the end of the road with, uh, with Foster. And uh, so, yeah, can they turn that around in a week? Uh, you'd have to say uh, that's a pretty doubtful proposition, but um, I'm certain they'll be trying. Yeah, oh, no doubt that they'll be trying. It's just whether or not they've got the right people making the calls uh, to get it done, uh, Jeff. But I mean, we got didn't get you on to talk All Blacks, although more than happy to take your views on that. We did get you on to talk the Wallabies because, uh, of course, you follow them pretty closely as well. Living over in Australia, um, they had a good win this morning against the Argentinians. I've got to say, I, I, you know, they were down twice, uh, two different times, down by nine points in this match. And when Quade Cooper went off, I thought. That 6-2 sp- uh, split on the bench might bite Dave Rennie in the backside, but uh, the Wallabies came through and, and looked good in the end. Yeah, it was a terrific win. And, uh, you know, this wasn't a poor Puma side. They came in high in confidence after their wins against uh, Scotland, and they played very well in the first half. They were good for their nine-point lead. But uh, the Wallabies, um, you know, in the past, I think in the first half we did see a lot of what we've seen over the last few years. Uh, silly soft penalties, you know, just soft offside, tackling on the ground, and all the stuff that makes the, the coach tear their hair out. But uh, half time came at a good time for them, and uh, they did actually come out and execute in the second half. They got the penalty count sort of to turn around, 
and they uh, they made some good decisions about when to kick for goal and when to kick for the corner. And uh, and Dan Keller, uh, Dan McKellar must be delighted uh, that Brumby's influence coming through three tries from lineouts. Uh, but you know it wasn't just that. Uh, I think it was a really good all-round performance. Yeah, it was a fair, it was a, a great performance. Like I said, I thought, especially when Quaid went down because he was running the game for them quite well, uh, they might be in trouble, but they, they seemed to get around that and uh, they came good in that last 20 minutes. In a way, it was a bit indicative of, a, of of what we expect from the All Blacks, you know, to stay with teams for 60 minutes and then blow them in the way out in the last 20, but that's exactly what the Wallabies did to the Pumas. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, with all respect to the Pumas, you know they're not the same side as the the Springboks and the 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 way the box cover the field and the defensive intensity. You know it's a much harder job for New Zealand than what it was for Australia last night. But but having said that, yeah, just to go back to Cooper, um, you know it's a it's a fascinating situation with him. He's come back. He's really looked a goods and uh, he played really well in the first half. Uh, laid on one try. Uh, late on what should have been the second one, uh, James Slipper fumbled the ball on the line. And, uh, yeah, there was the chance of things going south. And uh, Ruth Hodge, though, uh, you know, I know him well from uh, being at the Rebels here in Melbourne. And uh, he's, he really is a, a solid character. He's not uh, everyone's favourite uh, player. He's not the most skilled guy in the world, but... Uh, there's been plenty of times where he's done a great job for Australia, and he did it again last night. And he's he's no natural ten, but he came on. He didn't overplay his hand. Uh, he was a link when he needed to be. He uh, made some good tackles, and he probed, and then he kicked the goals. And you can't ask for more than that. What do you think Dave Rennie will do now? Because um, obviously, if he's got a ruptured Achilles, we're talking at least six months, probably a few more. Uh, to be fully recovered from that. And, of course, time is ticking away to the World Cup. So what do you think Dave Rennie does? Does, it, does he go in now on Lolo Seal as his number one, number ten? Uh, well, I wouldn't say that for the World Cup, Ricardo, but I, I'd certainly say that for the foreseeable future. Uh, they've invested a fair bit into Lolo Seal. Uh, he, he's not convincing yet as a, um, a world-class ten, but it's a tough gig, as we know, for... For anybody, um, he'll he'll certainly come back in now, uh, but whether he'll be in that position again come next year, there are some promising teams over here now um, that have been in a, in and around the squad. Uh, we're talking about Donaldson and Embed in particular from uh, the Waratahs. Uh, there's some other options as well. I think we're going to see Carter Gordon emerge at the Rebels as a high quality player. Uh, maybe next year comes around a bit quick for him, but. Um, no, I, I don't think uh, Rennie will be looking too far ahead. I think he, he needs to get some results in this uh, series uh, against the Box and against the All Blacks. He needs to win again next week. Uh, so, uh, you know, Quaid, it's hard to see him, even if he does recover well, it's hard to see them taking him now to the World Cup next year. It'll A lot of things would have to go in his favour. Mm, yeah, I mean, when it comes time for the Bledisloe, you know, we're all a bit nervous over here now for the first time in a long time that the that the Wallabies might actually get it back. Um, who do you think will be in the 10 for that first Bledisloe test? Uh, well, yeah, you'd have to say uh, Lolo at this stage. Um, I mean, the Wallabies haven't had a great run 
uh, with injury. All sides get injury, and they've had more than their share. So you, you wouldn't want him falling over. Um, but, yeah, like I said, they do have other options. I think Donaldson's probably the next cab off the rank uh, from Sydney. But um, they have gone in with Lolisio. They'll stick with him uh, for now. He's in and around the squad. He didn't play badly against England, uh, the reason the Wallabies lost those last two tests against England was they just got out-muscled a bit in the pack. And uh, and as we know, as we've seen with the All Blacks, if you're not getting front football, uh, playing 10 is a pretty tough gig. Yep, it, it, is a pretty, it is a pretty tough gig indeed, mate. Actually, on that, um, not that I wanted to dissect the depth of the 10s in Australian rugby, but off the back of what we saw from um, Super Rugby Pacific this season, it feels like Tane Edmed might have gone past Donaldson. What do you think? Uh, well, uh, that's a popular point of view, and I think uh, at the Waratahs uh, that certainly happened uh, for a little bit. Um, but I think right at the end of the year, uh, I think Donaldson got another couple of opportunities and took them well. Look, Edmund's a very good player. He was over playing for Australia A and Fiji and, uh, and did some good things over there as well. And, uh, and look, he might, get, he might well be uh, promoted next. Uh, really, you know, that's up to Rennie and those groups of selectors, and we haven't really seen them uh, being forced to play their hand yet. So uh, it is a bit of speculation. But either way, uh, like I said, Australia's gone a long time without having any real depth at 10, and, uh, and all of a sudden there are two or three good, young, promising players on the scene. And uh, so they do have some options, that's, uh, and that's a better position than they've been in. Well, given where the All Blacks currently are, and, and you know the Wallabies are, are winning tests, uh, they've just beaten Argentina and Argentina. Of course, they took one off England. Um, what's the sort of the vibe like over in Australia about the possibility of the Bledisloe coming back? Uh, well, <laughs> I think uh, it's still more hopeful than um, you know than uh, overconfidence. I mean, it's been a long time, right? Two thousand and two. So uh, I don't think anybody's sticking their hand up prematurely. As, as tough as things are for the All Blacks right now, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that Australia's just ready to, uh, to take the cut back. But we all know it's going to happen one day, and you'd have to think that, um, you know, if we're going to pluck a year out at random, then this year's probably looking as good a year as any for Australia. Certainly the biggest opportunity they've had for a long time. But... Um, no, I think, uh, you know, on the other hand, you can make an argument that as bad, things, as bad as things are with New Zealand at the moment, they're not playing, you know, really poorly. They've just been beaten by a couple of good sides and don't seem to have the answers uh, around their game plan and they've been a bit fumbly on attack. But, you know, they're, they're still not getting uh, giving away easy tries. You know, South Africa got two tries last night, one in junk time, one off a sort of a bounce off a kick. Um, you know, it's not as if the All Blacks are miles off the pace. They're just off the pace, and that seems like a long way uh, when you're used to winning all the time. So uh, if I'm an Australian fan, I'm not getting overly excited just yet. Uh, but you'd have to say that uh, this is... Uh, the best opportunity they've had in a while. 
Mm. Uh, just before we let you go, mate, Dave Rennie, um, so the, the Australian uh, rugby media seems desperate to replace him with that bloke out of the Brumbies. But, I mean, is there any any uh, suggestion that he's going anywhere after the World Cup? Or is that just when his contract's up? Uh, yeah, that's just around his contract. And uh, and I think there's probably an assumption that, you know, unless if he doesn't win the World Cup, and that's, you know, more likely than not, and they're, they're very hard things to win, um, that his time will be up and then, you know, the wagons are circling for who will be next. So I think there is a lot of desperation here to have an Australian in the role. Um, that's not to say that Rennie's not appreciated or, or not valued. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, there's some of that influence coming through at the top level. We've seen the recent stouches between the administrations and, and Phil Kearns now with a voice there at the top table and... And you know, if there's ever a bloke that uh, that's that's waving an Australian flag uh, at New Zealand, it's him. And uh, so there is this sort of uh, push at the moment to uh, you know to to think about putting an Australian coach in. But having said that, uh, for the people who are in the know, everyone that uh, that's seen Dave operate over here. Uh, and that knows what's going on. You know, there's there's only good things to say about him. He's doing a great job, and you can see the the strength and the values and the culture of the team. It's very strong. Uh, they've been able to overcome a lot of adversity. Look, losing your captain a couple of days before a Test match in what are pretty unusual circumstances. That's you know that that takes a lot of character for a team to overcome that. And, and that speaks volumes for what Rennie's doing. And, and now, you know, there were hints in the second half last night that they're starting to get some of their tactics and execution right. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think anyone's, you know, jumping uh, jumping through hoops to get rid of them too quickly. Good stuff, mate. Hey, listen, Jeff, thanks very much for coming on and having a chat. Always appreciate your time. Go well, mate, and uh, we'll keep reading. You're still writing at theraw.com.au? Uh, yes, so uh, anyone that wants a, um, a summary of the weekend's action, uh, go to theraw.com.au. Uh, my rap column will be up uh, tomorrow morning. And uh, it's always good fun and uh, always good when people jump in in the comments section. And, uh, you know, we get a bit of robust debate happening. So everyone's welcome. And uh, thanks for having us on. Anytime, mate. Anytime. Thanks very much for your time. Jeff Parks there out of Australia talking rugby from an Australian point of view. It is quarter past two here on SENZ. When we come back, uh, the Voltaren Wrap, and we'll get to more of your texts. In today's Voltaren Rapid 25 Wrap-Up. The Bunnings NPC kicked off this week. It started with a comprehensive 62-15 win for Canterbury over Manawatu. We've got extra boxes of tissue in the studio for staff uh, for tomorrow, by the way, uh, just in case you were worried about uh, staff's well-being after his Manawatu team uh, getting hammered by the Cantabs. Uh, there were three games yesterday as well. Counties Manukau pipped Otago 23-22 with a last-minute try and conversion to win that one in Pukekohe. Also, Waikato and Hawke's Bay played out a thrilling 32-all draw, and as I mentioned, yeah, Damien McKenzie had three opportunities to uh, kick the winning goal in that one and couldn't quite get it done. In the Battle of the Bridge, Auckland beat North Harbour by 10 points, 36-26. A good battle that was as well. Today, Taranaki hosts Northland. Tasman plays Southland. And Wellington hosts the Steamers out of the Bay. Plenty probably the hardest game to pick, you've got to say, is that one. Uh, the TAB have got the odds looking like this. Taranaki, $1.17. Northland, 5 bucks. 
Tasman, $1.07 favourites against Southland, who are paying $7.50. And Wellington, the Lions, are favourites at $1.35 against Bay of Plenty, paying $3.30. Let back pain get in the way. Get fast relief with Voltaren Rapid 25. Read the label, use a directed. If symptoms persist, see your doctor. Incorrect use may be harmful. Do not use if you have stomach ulcers. GSK Auckland. Lots of text codes still coming through on that all-black performance here on the rugby run at 2.21. Uh, hey, Ricardo, they could change as many players as they want. The problem is that the game plan isn't working. We never looked like winning that game or the last series with Ireland. Hate to say it, but it might need to move the CEO and the coach on for a fresh reset. Cheers, Cookie. Thank you. Uh, Justin and Ricardo, what will happen should New Zealand not succeed in South Africa? To Ian Foster from Jason in Melbourne. Jason, he will be gone. I th- we believe uh, the deal was... He's going to rugby. You've got two games to save your job. Um, so if he doesn't win over there, he will be gone. Stephen has sent us a message as well. Uh, referee did a pretty good job, uh, but should have let the scrums carry on a bit more. Luke Pierce is next week's ref. He'll not blow them up so quickly. Thanks for that, Stephen. Yeah, good call on the ref. I thought he had a, a pretty good game. Uh, the discipline and drop balls hurt the ABs, but not surprising when you think about the lack of consistency in the selections. It appears like they're struggling to form combinations. When you have different pairings in midfield every week and fullbacks playing wing-wingers playing centre, it's always going to be a struggle. Thanks for your text. Keep those coming through. Double eight double three is the temper bed post text machine. Uh, it's interesting on the consistency thing, and also the drop passes. And a lot of people have mentioned that a lot of the drop balls, drop passes. Andrew Strawbridge uh, from out of the Waikato is a good mate of Fozzie's. Of course, uh, played with him for a long time and was part of the coaching setup at the Chiefs there for a while as well. Is the skills coach, and I know a few people raised their eyebrows when he got named as the skills coach as well. So is that? Maybe an appointment that they that isn't quite right. Uh, if those are the skills that are letting us down under pressure, uh, great question here about water breaks. I'm not sure. The first time I've seen it, it's not like it's the height of summer, right? So why are we having water breaks in a game that stop start anyway? I will ask Steve Devine that. See if he's got a take on it. He's going to come on and join us shortly. And this, thank you very much for this text. Probably my favourite text of the day. The only good thing about the All Blacks losing is that Liverpool didn't win. Yes. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate that and I agree wholeheartedly. It is 2.23 here on SENZ, the rugby run. Keep your texts coming through on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Double eight, double three. When we come back, Steve Devine joins us. It's 2.27 here on SENZ, the rugby run. Ricardo Ball with you through till three o'clock with the rugby run. After three, we'll be talking rugby league with Daryl Halligan and a few other things as well. But joining us now to uh, deep dive more into that All Black performance against the Springboks is Steve Devine, former All Black halfback. G'day, mate. How are you? Hey, Ricardo. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. Uh, well, would I could have been better. I had about three and a half <laughs> hours sleep and then got up to watch that rubbish. But uh, there we go. Um it was yeah, it was poor. I, I mean, Foster has said uh, that it was our best performance of the year, and some good signs going forward. I, I'm not entirely sure uh, what Kool Aid he's drinking, but he must have been watching a different game to me. Yeah, mate. Yeah, they take the result away from what it was. Uh, there were little improvements. There were certainly improvements in around line out. Certainly. Um, the Africans then score a try against uh, from a rolling ball, which was uh, which was good. Um, mate, I thought we defended very well. I thought we, you know, we, did, we didn't have a lot of ball and we didn't have a lot of ball in good position. So um, I thought the defence was was pretty good. But yeah, I mean the attack that was um, 
that was that was an all-time new low, I, I believe. Mm, yeah, I mean the uh, the in terms of the game plan, I mean, you know, we we know that after Brad Moore uh, left, that uh, Fozzie was going to take over, <laughs> looking after the attack and the backs. Um, and I kind of thought that that might work a bit more because he seems like more of an on-the-tools guy, and I don't know how much on-the-tools work you do as a head coach. I don't think it's as much as maybe he's used to doing, and so maybe that would have brought him out of himself and it might have improved things. But it seemed like the same old, same old, didn't it? Um, mate, there, there, were, there were a few chances to throw the ball wide, and they, they attempted to do that, but that um, uh, rush defence certainly... Um, you know, it was almost as if we weren't ready for it, but that's you know it's sort of hard to fathom that we weren't. Um, I, mate, I, 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 it doesn't matter if our attack is good if you can't hang on to the rugby ball for for phases, you, you're not going to win test matches, and it, it's pretty much that simple. We were unable to retain our ball at ruck time, um, and 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 that's you know you just you're not going to build phases, you're not going to build pressure, you're not going to get yourself into the game, you're not going to get yourself in an attacking situation unless you're able to build phases. And, you know, it's been it's been a problem of the All Blacks, you know, for three years now, a couple of years at least. They, they just, you know, not guaranteed their own ball, unfortunately, and, and it's it's getting ourselves into situations where we put ourselves under pressure a lot. Uh, in terms of you know, I mean, the breakdown we didn't we didn't win the breakdown. That's for sure. Mal- I think Malcolm Marks won the breakdown on his own, just about. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know how much we can do about that between now and next week because if Paul Cully and the Heralds to be believed, uh, if Fozzie doesn't come back to New Zealand with a win in South Africa, he's gone. Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I can see. There's certainly a lot of pressure there. But I, I just, I, again, I don't understand how you're expected to win your own ruck ball when you're walking into top contact. You know, the players are so flat on defence and they're trying to play rugby so flat. Um, it just it doesn't make sense. You just, you can't, you can't win with a rush defence with a with a with a flat attack. And um, you know, you carrying the ball at half pace or almost walking distance into contact, you, you, you're going to struggle to win your own ball, especially against big African boys. They're going to be on it like Malcolm Marks was all night. So, you know, it goes back to the old saying, would you would you rather someone running into you or would you rather be, um, you know, on the front foot attacking into a, a player standing still? And that's what we continually deliver. And, um, yeah, it might have worked in years gone by, but it just doesn't work against the rush defence. Yeah, I mean, it feels like we need fresh ideas because this is... You know the rugby we were playing what three or four years ago under Hanson, and obviously it's the, that... it's, the rugby, it's the rugby we were playing thirty years ago, Ricardo, and and that's that's a problem. It's just um, yeah, unfortunately we we haven't changed. I mean, we we tend to be always trying to play this game where we're going to beat them in the last twenty minutes with our pace and, and our speed around the field, but you know it just doesn't work anymore. Teams just put a player down. Like how many stoppages of plays were there? In that first half, you could see the box getting tired, but they they just stop the play and they bring on almost a, a whole full pack in the second half and and problem solved. You know, it's just the game's changed and we haven't evolved, and, and that's why we're we're in this predicament a little bit. See, on that, mate, there was a, a text that came through earlier. It said, "What is the go-to with these water breaks and tests now?" The ball is only in play for 30-odd minutes a game anyway. It makes the game even more stop-start. The first water break of the second half was 12 minutes after half-time. The powers that be seem to have come up with some bizarre ways to ruin the game. What's, what's your take on that? Do you know why they've introduced them? It's not like it's oh, the middle I of summer. I, 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 
Well, it was meant to be a warm day over there. It was 30 degrees to the middle of the day. Um, but, you know, so, uh, mate, I, my, my take is on it, um, the Northern Hemisphere teams need them to, to keep pace. They, they, no one in the world can play the All Blacks game, so they've come up with a way to stop it. So um, they slow the ruck down. The refs are happy to slow it down. They just fake an injury. They put a prop down. The game's got to stop. Um, um the Northern Hemisphere teams who make the rules, they're not going to change them. So we need to we need to get a bit smarter. Uh, we need to change our game. We just can't rely on being the best team in the last 10 minutes to win test matches because um, it's not going to work anymore. Uh, this text came yeah, through from... Thing, mate, sorry, carry on. Sorry. The, the only thing that beats big men at, at contact, right, the only thing that beats them is speed. And... You look at the last 10 minutes, Finlay Christie came on, and we uh, the speed of the ruck, we, we actually started to get a little bit of ruck ball. We started to get a little bit of momentum with that speed. Um, and I, I thought that's the difference. The only way to beat big, strong men at, at breakdown is just with sheer speed. And, um, you know, we've got to get faster. I thought Finlay Christie was, was outstanding and, and, and made out that last 10 minutes. I think, you know, if Foster is in a bit of bit of trouble for next week, then he needs to he needs to make some changes because he needs to find uh, he needs to find some attack and, and and your best bet right now is through speed. Well, actually, that's uh, interesting because it, it, there's a text that came through from Richard earlier saying uh, surely they can't make too many changes because some of the guys have hardly played any rugby over the last few weeks. Surely they should have taken a smaller squad and had more fringe players playing NPC. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, they're, they're pretty, you know, they're, they're pretty set in the ways how they like to do things, all back, So, um, um, yeah, they've, they've got themselves in this position. They're, they're, you know, they've got themselves here by their own by their own rules and regulations, and they're going to have to fight it out. Um, you know, Africa are a different beast to everyone else. You 100 percent know what they're going to do. They're not going to change anything. They're gonna they're gonna kick like they have for the last years, and they're gonna wait till they're in your half, wait even wait till they're in your 22 to play in rugby. And we just gotta be a bit smarter. We gotta protect the jumper, the the, the kick catcher. We gotta protect him a bit better so they can't get people in the air, and we can take the ball. And unfortunately, we're probably gonna have to do a little bit more kicking to um, to turn them around and, and play footy in their half, and, um, rather than um, playing it all in their own half. And that's that's the reality of uh, test match rugby these days. Is it's not really how good you are with ball in hand. It's um, it's it's about how good you are at getting into the opposition's um, 30 metre zone, so you can kick penalties and kick the line outs and rolling walls. Uh, I know it's probably a bit of an unknown at the moment, but the way that uh, Bowden Barrett fell on the back of his head and then was taken off. Uh, I mean, he stayed on initially, but then they took him off, which made me think. HIA, uh, do you reckon he'll be playing next week, or is it Richie Mwanga in, t- in the ten jersey? Um, the fact that he got up, he was moving his head. They, you know, they allowed him to play on. Probably means that um, uh, he was probably all right. They wouldn't let him play on if he wasn't all right. So um, he, he might have just got a bit sore. Sometimes it can take a, you know, fucking that sort of that. Um, the muscle to sort of start seizing up and shutting down a little bit and get a bit of um, um, spasms and, and tightening around the, the, the neck and those sorts of things. So um, oh, I'm sure they wouldn't have risked him leaving him out there if he wasn't um, well enough. So I, I don't think it'll be um, any sort of head symptoms. I just probably think he's started to get a bit sore. So hopefully he's all right. He's, um, 
yeah, I thought he was coming back to his best on, on the weekend, so hopefully we can get him back out there. Now, I talked to Justin Marshall after the game. We recorded an, an interview which we played the last hour. He said a big part of the problem with the All Blacks is uh, too much chopping and changing. You know that you've they don't know what their best team is. You know, it used to be you never had to you never had to wait for the All Black team to be named because you knew what it was going to be. Um, that said, they probably you know will look at changes. How many do you think there will be? What do you think they can do that helps us against what we saw today? Um, I think that was pretty close to our strongest team available right now. I, I, I can't see multiple. I would give I would give Finlay Christie a run at nine. Um, I'd maybe move Artie to seven and um, bring uh, Hosking into eight. And um, yeah, I just think I think Artie's probably the best seven in the world. He hasn't played a lot there lately, but you know he's, he's so good on the ball, and you know you can have that weapon there and, and have a kicker here at six. Um, yeah, I just I don't think there's a lot of room for a lot of a lot of changes. He's not going to he's not going to chop and change too much because that was his number one thing, you know. So it won't be too far away from that. I just think with that ruck ball, um, uh, Christy got that speed of it. I think I think that's your best bet to beat the Springboks is just with straight speed. Don't give them a chance to be on the ball. Don't give them a chance, you know, to, to get their big men over the top of it because once they're there, you can't move them. So You've got to be in and out, you know, by the time they get there. And, uh, you know, speed, speed always beats size for me, and, and that's how I do it. Um, in terms of the backs, there's, there's not a lot of options. You know, Rico is probably the only centre on tour. Um, you, can, you can change 12s around, but I certainly think Will Jordan needs to go fullback. He's uh, he's wasted on the wing. He's not a winger. He's a fullback. Um, um, Jordy took a bit of an injury. I'm not sure if he'll be all right, but, uh, yeah, I mean... The Africans don't have big wingers. You know, he's got a big guy in Jordy. That cross kick can come in pretty useful with a big man on, on a little man. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely have Will Jordan at 15. He's, he's certainly the best best fullback in the country at um, super level. Um, you have Jordy out there for his 60 metre kicking range, but um, let's be honest, we didn't see him take any of them in the game. So it wasn't really a major. So. Yeah, we're just going to be a bit smarter, play some territory and, and just wait for your chance. And that's what test match rugby is these days. You don't play any rugby until you've got a penalty advantage. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to get uh, a shot at three or a, a, a kick close down to the try line for a rolling ball. Yeah, it's going to I be... Mean, we hate it. We hate it, right? We hate watching that rugby. Mm. We, it's not what we're about, but, you know, that's where the game's at. That's what we've got to do. Um, I, I'm surprised we didn't see more of it. They've had you know, a couple of weeks to get ready for this African test. They knew what was coming. I knew what was coming. I haven't really watched them much this year. Um, you know, I just, I was, I was pretty disappointed by tactics, to be fair. I, I didn't see like any of that was going to beat Africa doing what they do so well. Yeah, good stuff, Steve. All right, mate. Hey, listen, thanks for coming on, bud. Always good to chat. Uh, bit depressing, I know, but hopefully yeah, it'll mate. get better soon. The sun will come up tomorrow, I hope. I really hope it does, mate. Yeah, well, exactly, mate. Exactly. You know, I think, uh, I think, I think that's probably fair. And um, you know, as somebody, some cheeky wag said on the on the TAB Facebook page, uh, the TAB put out the question: uh, What needs to improve most before round two against the box? Uh, the coach he needs to get taller, blonder, slimmer, and develop a love of surfing and break dancing. Um, so I don't know if that's going to happen this week, but I think it's probably not in the too distant future. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens, eh? Yeah, 
Yeah, mate, I think I think actually probably the, the best place for them to be is over there at the moment in Africa and locked away in a motel room. And, you know, they'll be hurting. Um, they'll come out firing. Like, they're not, they won't leave any stone unturned. I just, I, I just, I don't quite think they're all on the same page. It's making their rugby a little bit harder and their tactics. So, you know, good luck. Good luck to the boys this weekend. I hope they get stuck in. I know that they will, but, um, yeah, she's going to be a, a tough battle, I think. Yeah, mate, she will be. She will be. Good stuff, Steve. Thanks for you. thanks for uh, coming on, mate. Cheers, Ricardo. Cheers. Thanks, Cheers. Thanks very much. Uh, there we go. Steve Devine, former All Black halfback. His thoughts, uh, get your text through, double eight double three. It's the Temper Bed Post text line. When we come back, we'll hear Ian Foster and... Uh, Sam Kane, postman. This is SENZ. It is the Rugby Run with Ricardo Ball. Uh, we'll be talking rugby right up till three. We'll continue to talk rugby through till five as well, but we'll also talk uh, cricket with the White Ferns in action. We'll uh, update the Com games, all the action from there. The NRL as well. Daryl Halligan's going to join us soon. But thought before we uh, wrap the rugby run, you should hear uh, what happened post-match. Ian Foster and Sam Kane fronted the press. Probably our most improved performance this year. I thought some of the areas we, we really... Um, shifted our game forward, but in a game probably dominated by defence, we um, we we defended well, but you know our timing was out a little bit in terms of the attack side, and we're just going to have to go and have a look at that. Um, a few players over here for the first time feeling the pressure that comes from playing this type of team, and but uh, pretty excited about about the next challenge, Alice Park, and, and playing for a trophy. I think there's, you know, there's periods that, that I thought we did it well, to be honest, and there was periods that they got reward for it, and that's generally what happens when you play South Africa. You're playing a team that's one of the most, um, you know, they win the most jackals in any game, any T1 team, so it's, it's clearly a threat we're working on. Um, and, you know, I thought that our ball carriers are OK, in some ways there's just a little bit of the timing out in terms of the, the cleaners, but clearly it's something we've... We spent a lot of time on it this week and it was a, a clear threat and when we got it right we did it well and when we didn't we paid a price and that's the game that they try and play and so part of it is, a, is it's not just about that, it's about the, the defence out wide that forces you in and and it sort of corrals you into that space so flip side of it we did it too to them as well and so it was, I thought it was a game probably dominated by defence to be, to be frank on both sides. You know, we came over here for a two-game series. We always knew it was going to be tough. And so we felt that tonight. And, you know, they, they get the lollies tonight and they thoroughly deserve that. But like I said, I think that, you know, we've got to take some things out of there that, that we've made some big shifts in. And we, so we nullified a, a large part of their driving game. You know, we... And, and again, I thought defensively made some shifts. And um, in, in that last quarter, we were starting to open things up. But... You know, we started to snatch at a couple of balls, which was frustrating. But um, we just got to take that experience and and, and take it into Alice Park and, and just walk in there and give it a good crack. Look, to be fair, we, we, we were playing in our 25 most of that first half. And, um, you know, we were desperately trying to get out. We When we did get out, we, we conceded a couple of scrum penalties. We really frustrated. We didn't think we'd get any call our way in that first 25 minutes, ironically, which is a little bit frustrating. So we're going to have a close look at that. And that kept us pinned down. So we're forever trying to exit. And, um, you know, we want to get them involved. Uh, and 
but you know it comes to getting us some good territory and good field position which is something that we've got to look at how to do that a little bit more effectively in that first half because certainly you felt them get momentum but like Sam said I thought we fought through that period and you get that in test matches you get periods that you can't get a flow on and you don't get field territory but I thought we held in there really really well but couldn't uh, it would have been nice to execute a little bit better with a couple of lineouts in that last, last part of that first, second quarter. Um, look, yeah, the ball, the ball was slippery, but it's test match rugby, and um, we expect us to be able to execute under that sort of pressure. Um, there's no doubt that the line speed that the, the box were bringing were, were, you know, not giving us much time on the ball. But we expected that, and we, we trained for that. Um, it's just the individual skill sets that, uh, I mean, that's what Test Rugby is, it's just an, another notch up from the rugby we've been playing, a little bit less time, a little bit more pressure, but it's still executing the same, often it's about executing the same basic skill sets. I, I, can, can I just add something to that? I think too is that, you know, like, we've, 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 we're coming off a lost series and there's a lot of noise around this team now and, and we're trying our best to really just focus on our own performance and but you, you feel that, and I think it's, you know, when the time's try, when the team's working really, really hard to, to get its game at the level that it wants, then sometimes it's just you get a little bit over eager, and thought there was a little bit of that today, almost wanting it too much and trying a little bit too hard, and you know, so we've just got to look at that and look at today and just calm down and say, okay, well, we've we've got one more chance at Ellis Park to to win a trophy that's pretty special to us, and. They had the first bite of it, and, and we've got to make sure we respond. But um, part of that's going to be just to, just to sit back and absorb the lessons, trust a little bit, and just, just relax and take, our, t- take a little bit more moment on the ball and get our skill sets right. So fully believe we can do that. Yeah, no, I don't think it's a matter of shutting it out. It's there all the time. And, but it's, look, if you spend too much time immersed in it, it doesn't do the team any good. And so you know what's important for us is... Um, you know, we, we've, we, we know we've had a couple of losses, we, we understand that, we, but we also know that, in all honesty, I, I thought we, we shifted up a couple of cogs in this test. And some of the areas we really wanted to focus on, we made some significant improvements, but didn't quite get the other ones quite right. So, you know, I mean, our, our position internally is that we, we, we're pretty excited about going to Ellis Park. You know, win or lose today, it would have been a big test for us. and. You know, but losing today means we'll we'll go and pull out the positives of that that game and, and go into it and give it everything we've got, which is what people should expect out of an All Black team. You, know, you just believe in your players, so and we do. And um, you know, it's one thing to say you want to get everything right, perfect, but seldom happens. And and like I said, I think this this team right now, I, I know that we're we're developing and growing. I know people are frustrated with that, and and we're frustrated with the results, but. At the end of the day, you, you don't achieve the growth that you want if you get too panicky and you start start making you know dramatic changes and, and putting too much pressure on players. We actually want them to feel the pressure tonight, understand it, understand what it's like playing test matches over here, and we just got to be a little bit sharper in what we do. But fully believe in the in the, in the skill sets of the players we've got, and we've just got to keep honing it and getting better and better and grow through this tough time. Well, I'm going great, and my hair's receding pretty quickly. But um, it's look, it's 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 never easy, and because of the standards that we've got internally uh, mean that you want to, you want to do well, and and 
about, like I said, I said at the end of the day, we've we've got a group that's is probably I think still developing as a team. You know, I think I've been over here for a number of years with probably more established All Black teams than what we've got now, and this one's still growing, and and it's not where we want it to be, but. I still fundamentally believe that, that it can get there and, and again I thought some of the moves tonight were positive but we've got to prove that next week that we can, can continue to keep growing. So I think one thing that you can't, may not see from the outside but you can certainly feel within the camp is that the beliefs are really strong within the group. Well, that, um, even with five minutes to go when there was that, um, the red card, you know, the group there was genuine belief in this. It's only something that you can feel when you're out on the field um, or when you're with a group and you can feel it when it's not there. But um, the group's belief in themselves um, and us and what we're trying to achieve is certainly high. And um, when you've got that and an attitude to, to work hard and try and get better, um, I think it's a good recipe and we've just got to stick at it um, and it'll turn. If, if we didn't have those things in place, I'd be pretty worried. But um, the right ingredients are there. Look, they're, 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 there's two teams at slightly different stages out there, and they're very established. They they know their game really, really well, and and they execute it really well. Um, and and you could see that. But but I also felt that some key parts of their game that they probably didn't get the rewards that they perhaps would have hoped to in that game. And so, you know, we've got a look at the small victories in that space and say well that's good and and we but we've just got to get a, you know a little bit sharper and a little bit belief and time in, in our game and so you know like I said you know we will keep getting judged on that and we, we appreciate that accept that but it's um, I think we're getting there and it's um, and again like in the next seven days we've got to go and, and make sure we take the same steps I think that we took uh, in the last week and uh, and we'll see what happens. There you go. That is the uh, post-match press conference from uh, Ian Foster and Sam Kane. Um, yeah, don't, not sure that they watched the same game I watched, but uh, maybe they know something I don't. Uh, but your thoughts, obviously, always welcome on double eight double three. Our temper bed post text machine. Uh, morning. Getting dominated at ruck time to me is the biggest issue. No go forward, which gives the backs no time. Also had space between ball carrier and supporting players, which was enough for a lot of South African turnovers. Like to have a count of how many times we had a crack at the ball in Rucks versus South Africa. Cheers, Shane. Yeah, thanks, Shane. They definitely dominated the breakdown, didn't they? The South Africans uh, did that very, very well. This one from Dino. Enough is enough. Time for a total clean-out. After next week's game, whatever happens, CEO, coach and coaching staff, with the exception of Jason Ryan. Razor needs to grab this lot for a, a total overhaul. There is time to turn it around. Let him change coaching staff, captain, numerous players that are not up to the test level, and a total game change plan as well. This is getting more and more embarrassing by the day. Thanks, Dana. I think a lot of All Black fans feel your pain. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.